Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey folks, welcome back to the show. My guest today is the CEO and founder of Swanwick Sleep. His name is James Swanwick. You may have heard of him. You may have heard of his flagship product, which are Swannies, which are these amazing blue light blocking glasses. But we don't just talk about blue light blocking glasses in this episode. We talk about a couple of product extensions that he's developed that all feed into this better sleep hygiene narrative, which are light bulbs that don't emit any blue light. So they're not red. They just don't emit blue light. And also they have night lights and they've got a whole bunch of other stuff on their website. However, that's still not all because we also talk about James' newer initiative, which is just in the last couple of years, and it's the alcohol-free lifestyle mission that he has embarked on. So I'm going to let him tell you all about it. But if you want to learn more about it, it's the website is alcoholfreelifestyle.com. If you want to learn more about the blue light blocking products, you're going to want to go to swanwicksleep.com. But you're going to want to use the code. You're going to want to use the link, actually, bit.ly forward slash swan with two N's at the end, 10. And then you're going to want to use discount code NAT10. And that's going to save you 10% off anything on that website. So you can go shopping, you can get your blue light blockers on, and you can learn about why a guy who's obsessed with sleep also started an initiative for an alcohol-free lifestyle? Some of you will know the answer to that question, but some of you may not. So as we embark through and out of the holiday season, this is a really good time to check out this episode. So if you have any comments, questions, or anything else for me, you know how to reach me, natnidham.com, or you can check out my new community, which you can check out on my website, which is BSP Community on Mighty Networks. Lots of amazing things happening there, including a peptide crash course that I'm delivering tonight. Uh, well, tonight, not when you're listening to this, but tonight as I'm recording this episode. And that is just one of the many amazing perks that the members of the BSP Community get when they become members and join me. So you know where to go. You know what to do. If you get value from this episode, please make sure to share it out with anybody else that you know who will and who can. If you love the episode, leave us a review. And we're just going to hear a quick word from one of our sponsors, and then you get to dive right in. Enjoy. We all want to start the new year refreshed and full of energy, but too often the holiday season can leave us feeling like we need a holiday from our holiday. Holiday stress means we end up depleted of magnesium, a critical mineral that helps us to manage over 300 processes in our body and get deep restorative sleep. To solve this, one of the first recommendations I make to my clients and family is to take magnesium breakthrough by bioptimizers before bed every night. It's the only organic full spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium in each pill so that the magic can happen. The magic is an upgrade in almost every function in your body, from your sleep to your brain, stress to pain and inflammation. Plus, you'll be fully rested, recharged, and ready to crush all your New Year's resolutions. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to magbreakthrough.com forward slash Bionat and use promo code Bionat10. In addition to that 10% discount, you'll unlock a special gift with purchase for a limited time. So go to magbreakthrough.com forward slash Bionat and use promo code Bionat10. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Welcome to the podcast, James Swanwick. It is a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, I, I do think we may have, were you at that show in 2017? Oh yeah, big time. We we had our booth there and I was wearing my glasses and uh, yeah. And, I, and apparently you ended up in one of my marketing videos. Is that right? Or something. Yeah, no, it was hilarious. Those were the, I was, we were just talking and I, those were, yours were the very first blue blocking glasses that I ever owned. And it was all new to me at the time because 
you know, back in the day, that show was called The Bulletproof Show, and I was becoming a bulletproof coach at the time. So I was very excited to get my hands on blue blockers. It was all very fancy. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so um, having the opportunity to meet you and speak to you now is amazing. And I know that, you know, it's that's five years has passed. So I'm curious, and I think it'll be interesting for the audience to get some insight into the trajectory over the last five years where you've gone personally and professionally and um, on the health journey, as it were. Well, for those who don't know me or aren't familiar with me, I produce these blue light blocking glasses um, from my sleep company, which is called Swanwick Sleep. And our glasses are affectionately known as Swannies. And, um, you know, the design of them is, is really so... You would wear these glasses in the last hour, hour and a half before you go to sleep. It blocks out the artificial light from your electronics, like your TV screen or your phone, microwave microwave light, kitchen light, bathroom light, light, reading light, bedside table lamp. Um, And then the idea is that then you remove the glasses just as you go to sleep and you sleep much more soundly. Um, And uh, yeah, I guess when we met, it was 2017. We'd been in business a couple of years since then. And then it's now 2022. Our glasses are now worn by professional athletes all around the world at teams, including the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Knicks, Manchester United. Um, the University of Washington did, uh, to my knowledge, the only um, independently um, studied um, you know, study on blue light blocking glasses using our glasses and the results suggested that people who wore them slept 14% better and were 9% more productive the following day. And I, I kind of joke, I say, if you could, if there are any business owners listening, if you could get 9% more productivity out of your employees or your staff, you'd be just so happy, wouldn't you? Okay. Or even if you, even if you were a staff member or an employee, if, if you're 9% more productive, then the chances of you getting a higher commission or a raise certainly go up as well. So, yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 really a sleep enthusiast. I like to help people sleep better um, through wearing a pair of blue light blocking glasses, and then also I, I help high achievers, let's say executives and entrepreneurs, to have a better relationship with alcohol. Um, and I have a, a podcast which is called the Alcohol Free Lifestyle Podcast as well. So yeah, I'm really in the health and wellness space, just like you are, Nat. Yeah, no, I love that, and I actually, you know. I I want to dig into the alcohol piece a little bit, right? Because I think that when we talk about sleep, I mean, yeah, light is a big deal, but, you know, and I was going to jokingly say, and certainly the light in your fridge is a big fat problem, A, because it's super bright before bed, but B, because you're eating and you're going to mess up your sleep because you're eating Mm -hmm. (laughs) on a number of levels. But, But why did you pick alcohol? Like, is that because you found that it was a real problem with your client, your high achieving clients? Like, I know that myself with my clients, I find that, you know, alcohol is one of those funny things. It's a social tool. It's socially accepted. It's considered the the sign of the bon vivant, as it were, you know, like let the good good times roll kind of thing. And yet for those of us in this space, we can see and recognize how very often it can really get in the way of people's health and well-being by messing up their sleep, but by doing, you know, by in so many other ways. And given that you've kind of leaned into this rather heavily over the last little while, I'm curious as to what sent you in this direction and what you found. Well, I stopped drinking completely in 2010. I was a societally acceptable drinker in that I drank a couple of glasses of wine each night, a few beers on the weekend. Um, and I did that consistently for you know, 20 good years. I mean, right up until my mid thirties, I'm 47 now. Um, and I haven't drunk, I haven't touched a drop of alcohol in 12 years. And what, what it really was, was that I wasn't getting a DUI. I wasn't waking up in the gutter. I wasn't an alcoholic. I was just a socially acceptable drinker. And because of that, I was living my life at what I perceived to be about a six out of 10. My sleep was a six out of 10, my energy levels were a six out of 10. My um, enjoyment of life was a six out of 10. My looks in terms of my, my skin and how I, how I presented, <clears throat> excuse me, presented myself in the world was about a six out of 10. I was tired, foggy, irritable. My diet wasn't great. 
I exercised some, but not really consistently. I, I was just blah. Yeah. And in 2010, I woke up one morning, I was in Austin, Texas. I was at the South by Southwest festival that year, which is an annual event there in Austin. And I, I woke up in my hotel room and I looked in the mirror and I thought, wow, you just look tired and weathered James. I think you should take a break from alcohol. And so I did, I committed to 30 days only to stop drinking. And in 30 days, I lost 13 pounds of fat. It just fell off me. My skin improved. Friends started telling me that I, I you know, I looked better looking. <laughs> um, you know, they were noticing that I just looked better because I was sleeping better. I was, I had more clarity, more focus at the time. Um, I auditioned to be a sports center anchor on ESPN and I got the job and I credit the clarity and the drive and the focus and the energy from being consistently alcohol free for helping me get that job. And, and candidly, I just, I just felt so damn good after 30 days that I thought, Oh, I wonder if I can get to 50 days. And then I got to 50. I thought, I wonder if I can get to 75. And then I thought, I wonder if I can get to six months. And then I just kept pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And then one year later, I was back at the very same South by Southwest festival. This time it was 2011. And I went to a bar, which was called the, the luster. Um, I think it was called the, the luster pearl bar on rainy street in Austin. And I went up and I ordered a Bud Light to have a celebratory beer. And just at the last moment, as I was about to sip it, I pushed the beer back and I thought for a second, I thought, you know what, in one year, I've got my dream job hosting a TV show. I look better than I've ever looked. I feel better. I've attracted a higher caliber of friend. I've started a side business. I think I might just keep going with this. And so I did. And I, I, I gave the beer back to the barman and I ordered a soda water instead. And I haven't touched a drink since, except for maybe like in a marketing video, but I certainly haven't drunk the, the alcohol. So, and now fast forward to 2022, for the past seven years, I've been helping high achievers like entrepreneurs and executives to stop drinking for at least 90 consecutive days, but with a view to really having lifelong control of their drinking. I don't invite people to necessarily quit forever, but I do invite them to quit for at least 90 days through my process. And we've helped about 20,000 people now to stop drinking for 90 days and and almost 1000 high achievers, entrepreneurs, executives, I guess, you know, financially um, comfortable or affluent people who, who invest a lot of time and money into their health and their, their mindset. We've helped them to have far better relationships with alcohol as well. So that's kind of, that's how I got into health and wellness really. And that's, that was really the catalyst for me, even producing the sleep company of the blue light blocking glasses, the Swannies, because, you know, if I hadn't stopped drinking, I don't think I would have been so health conscious enough to have even cared about blue light blocking glasses. That's so interesting, you know, and, and it's an interesting group of people, right? Because they tend to be the, those high performers tend to be the people that work hard, play hard. They reward themselves with a beautiful bottle of wine or a great drink. There's this whole, you know, culture around dining, whining and dining, right? The, this, right. this whole culture that we've kind of societally built around alcohol where the oddballs are the people that don't drink. And yet, and we normalize, and, and I see this all the time, whether it's drinking or not drinking, people normalize feeling crappy, right? right. Like it's, it's just how I feel. Like, not me, but... What, this is what people tell me. This is how I feel. And when you get them feeling better, all of a sudden, it's like somebody turned the lights on and they had no idea the lights were off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, it's funny, you know, because the demographic of most of my clients who come through um, my Project 90 program, which is part of the alcohol-free lifestyle business, they come and they have the intention of feeling better <laughs> because alcohol is just leading them to not feel very good. They're using it as a, uh, a way to quote unquote relax at the end of the day. However, the irony is that it's not relaxation. It's actually just pouring gasoline on a fire, which is leading to, um, you know, compromised sleep, irritation and fogginess the, the next day. 
And so clients, when they were first come, they say, I just want to feel better. And when I dig in and I ask them more questions, like what, what does that mean? And they say, well, and, and just candidly, most of them are in their late thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties. That's the demographic people in their early thirties or twenties don't tend to, you know, it's not, it's not necessary. I guess they don't feel the need to do it yet. Cause they, they think, well, I've got so much life left. Whereas when you get late thirties, there's real things to consider like a wife or a husband or kids, maybe you're getting a divorce, maybe you're losing money. Maybe you've said the wrong thing. Like there's more to lose, mm-hmm. but they share with me that they, they want to lose weight. Usually it's about 20 pounds. They want to sleep better. Um, they want to have a better relationship with their children. They're disconnected. They're not as present with their children. Mm-hmm. Um, they are operating their business or operating, um, you know, as an executive at only a five or a six out of 10. Sometimes they say, I, I ask them, I say, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how good are you at your job or in your business? And a lot of them will say four out of 10, five out of 10 compared to where they could be. And I'm thinking, wow, it's, this is crazy. And then what happens is they stop drinking. They follow the process. They get around other entrepreneurs and executives. They stop drinking. And at the end of 90 days, they start saying things like, I've lost 20 pounds. I feel so much better about myself. I have so much more confidence. My relationship with my wife or my husband is improving or it has completely repaired itself. Um, I had one gentleman who was a commercial uh, real estate um, insurance broker he said that he made $250,000 more income in the 90 days that he stopped drinking because he did three more deals that he ordinarily wouldn't have because he was tired and irritable and foggy from drinking. So because he had clarity and focus, he did three more deals, which totaled $250,000. Imagine if you could generate another quarter of a million dollars in just 90 days from the clarity and the focus. So Yeah. You know, people think that it's fun and people think that it's just what you do, but you can have profound transformations in your life when you take an extended break from it. Yeah, no. And I, and I, I love the, your approach. I mean, it's funny when I, I, this is different, but I did an extended fast once and the way I, and I don't fast easily, my body, my brain, no, none, there's no part of this body that likes not eating, but I'm a foodie. I love food. It's, it's just, you know, it, it is what it is. But I fasted for five days. And the way I got myself to fast for five days is after the first couple of days, well, you know, I made it till lunch today. I wonder if I can make it till three. And well, I wonder if I can make it till six or seven. And by then I'm like, well, I made it till seven. I'm going to be sleeping soon. So I wonder if I can make it till tomorrow morning. And I pretty much got myself to five days in in little mini micro steps, you know, without... Because at any other time I'd said, I'm not going to eat for five days, I fell apart from day one. I had to have food. And by, by chopping it up into these little bits and not even imposing it, but just saying, I wonder if, or can I make it a little further? I've made it this far. Can I go a little further and making that an achievable goal? It just I like that. takes that giant nut and just, it just makes it more manageable. And it's, and it's not... It's not that authoritarian, you will not. It's more of, hey, I wonder if you can do that, you know? And you approach curiosity and openness and compassion in a way. Yeah, it relieves the pressure a little bit, isn't it? Like That's why I I never ask people to promise or guarantee Mm. that they're going to quit drinking forever. I mean, candidly, I I don't, I haven't promised that I'll never drink again. I may drink again, but it's been 12 years. I don't even think about it. I'd have no desire. It does. It's not in my mind. I'm not trying to like prevent myself. I'm not like tempted. It's, I've just I've overcome it. Yeah. But but I'm also not, you know, foolish enough to say I'll never drink again. So, I you know when I I think an easy first step. Um. Well, it's not easy, but let me say it. A simple first step might be. I'm going to take an intentional break from alcohol for a week mm-hmm. or, or jump right in and say, I'm going to take an intentional break from alcohol for at least 90 consecutive days. There's a lot of science that shows that three months is a great amount of time to really break the habit. A lot of these things like dry January or dry July or sober October, they're good in the sense that they get people feeling 
what it's like to be alcohol-free for 30 days. The problem with those 30-day alcohol um, stop drinking kind of challenges, if you will, is that on day 30, most people want to celebrate by having a drink and then they just return to similar levels of drinking. And that's because the mindset when you do the, you know, dry January or sober October or dry July is you're depriving yourself of something that ordinarily you would choose willingly and yeah. lovingly and adoringly. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, I've got to, I'm, I'm in this prison for 30 days. Well, what do prisoners want most? Mm-hmm. They want to break out of prison. Mm-hmm. So 90 days, that's something very different because then you've started to have experiences having fun, alcohol-free. You've gone to social situations. You've lost some weight. You've got some energy. You start to see real progress. And then the longer you go, the more likely it is that you're going to want to start thinking, maybe I could do this for six months or a year or 18. Maybe I'm just going to embrace this lifestyle yeah. and, run, and run with this. Yeah. I, I mean, that the 30 day, it's funny. I was just going to bring up the 30 day, you know, everybody takes that break in the new year or whatever the case may be with no intention of keeping it going. <laughs> like, like they have zero intention of, of going one minute past the 30 days. It's, it's this. And a lot of it is, as you're saying, it's mindset and framing, right? right. And like, it has everything to do with how you're going into this and how you frame it. Are you framing it as a good thing? Are you framing it as deprivation? Are you framing it as, I don't know, absolution from your sins of alcohol for the last 11 months? Like whatever it is, it just, it is not the kind of thing that's going to take you to a really to a better place long-term. And what surprises me, and I actually have a lot of friends in this category, these people that give up booze and alcohol, like in January or February, whatever the case may be, is they invariably, they, if you ask them, like they feel better, they, they all lose some, a few pounds that they needed to lose. They, they, they can notice that, you know, there's more clarity and whatever the case may be. And yet somehow they willingly dive right back into the abyss. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. a very... Like I've always found that to be a really interesting kind of human construct that you kind of come out and see the light and you go, yeah, no, I'm going back in there. Mm. <laughs> it's, and I don't know if it's a numbing thing or, and I guess one of the questions I had for you is how do you, how are you able to support your clients who are going through this in 90 days? There's going to be a lot of societal pressure on them coming from the outside their friends, their business associates, the, you know, and a lot of people feel like, like I have a very dear friend of mine who is a huge drinker and I've managed a couple of times to get her to stop. And, you know, she'll have dropped as much as 10 pounds in two weeks because there's just much inflammation, right? Mm-hmm. End of the two weeks, I get a call or an email or a text that says, you know what? I can't do this. Like, I mean, all my friends, we have such a good time. I'm just not giving up my lifestyle. And I'm kind of like, yeah, and because it's a friend, I'm like, you know, you know, like do what you got to do. I, I love you and I'll be here the next time. But, but how do you support your, your clients this way? Because it really has to come from within. Well, we make it fun and empowering and I show them ways to run towards social situations where people are drinking yeah. and to be lighthearted and confident about being alcohol free. So for example, let's think about the Hollywood actor, George Clooney for a moment. Mm-hmm. When we think of George Clooney, he's very suave and confident and a little bit cheeky, right? Like that's how we associate George Clooney. Now, if you're hosting a dinner party and George Clooney comes over as a guest and you, you're very eager to offer him a drink, you oh, Mr. Clooney, can I get you a drink? Would you like a wine? Would you like a beer or a scotch? What can I get you? If George Clooney responded, oh, I'm great, thanks. Let me have a soda water. I'll take a, I'll take a water. That'd be great. Are you really going to then <laughs> harass him and say, what are you talking about, George Clooney? Go on. Have a drink for goodness sake. Just have one. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would imagine that you're not going to do that. You would just automatically go, sure, let me get you a soda water or a water. But most people, when they go to a social function, they're feeling awkward about not drinking. They're feeling like everyone is judging them for not drinking. And so they bring a very negative, dark, heavy energy to those social situations. 
they're convincing themselves that they're in deprivation and they're also demonstrating with their energy to their to the hosts or other guests that they're also in deprivation that they're not enjoying themselves because they're not drinking and so of course people who are experiencing your energy when you're in that dark energy are going to want to get you out of that and so that's why they say go on you just have one what are you talking about you're not an alcoholic you'll be fine just have a couple but it's my birthday but it's my wedding but it's a special occasion but it's thanksgiving but it's christmas you'll be fine again society trying to enforce this idea that drinking is a special occasion in my view it's just alcohol is nothing more than attractively packaged poison that's all it is so to answer your question we go through these little role, um, role reversal things where we have my clients kind of pretend to be um, guests or hosts at a party where people are encouraging them to drink and practice being incredibly confident and lighthearted and funny and having fun without drinking alcohol. Sometimes we suggest that they make fun of themselves. Um, I sometimes, when someone is quizzing me about why I don't drink, I go, ah, I'm just too strong in mind, I'm too clever. Yeah. Or I'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll drink you under the table. So we, so we do a drinking contest. You do your, your vodka shots and I'll do my soda water shots. Come on, let's go. Ha, 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 ha. And it's just so lighthearted and, and nonsensical, really. And then people start to just let it go. Two, two things happen. One, clients realize that no one really cares that you're not drinking. They only care that you're having a good time. Yeah. That's the only thing they care about. And two... Um, two is it's a lot easier than you think. As long as you are fun and confident and you make fun of yourself a little bit, if, if the circumstance allows, then people stop harassing you. People don't, don't care. People stop trying to get you to drink. And then a lot of times, a lot of the people who, when they find out that you're not drinking, they start to say, oh, geez, I wish I could do that. Oh, I've been thinking about that myself. And they start to look at you as if you are an inspiring figure. Hey folks, just a quick minute to thank our sponsor for this episode, Oxford HealthSpan, makers of Primadine, the only spermidine supplement that I personally use and recommend to my clients and family. Spermidine has earned a permanent spot on my longevity stack. Research has shown that spermidine positively impacts six of the nine hallmarks of aging, including protecting your DNA from damage as you age. Regular users also experience visible results after just one to three months, including better hair, skin, nails, and deeper sleep. I choose Primadine because it is the only spermidine supplement on the market that is free of any additives or excipients, while including a prebiotic to feed your own bacteria to make more of your own spermidine. And now Primadine also has a gluten-free version. To try Primadine, go to primadine.com and use discount code BIONAT15 to save 15% off your purchase. And now let's get back to the episode. That's very powerful. I mean, for sure, the attitude people walk in with is it's everything. You know, it even goes with, it even goes with diet, right? When I'm coaching people on nutrition and, you know, they're going to an event or whatever the case may be, and the, I'm going to eat this as opposed to, oh, no, I can't have that. <laughs> You know, like, let's, let's get away from the deprivation and let's move into, let's move. And, you know, it's funny, it applies to so many things, move away from lack and move into abundance mindset. And there's so much more to be had than the one thing you've decided to step away from for however long. So let's talk a little bit about maybe the influence, like the effect of alcohol on sleep, on sleep architecture and people's ability to be, to, you know, one of the things that, I think that it, it, what's nice is it's it's breaking into the mainstream now that sleep is not just the act of lying down, closing your eyes and resting. It's it's the part of the day where your body is doing the repair, the rebuilding, the rejuvenation. When we talk about aging well, if we're not sleeping, we're not aging well, right? So maybe, I, mean, I don't know if you maybe want to talk a little bit about the impact of, that alcohol has on sleep and how little alcohol it really takes to disrupt sleep. 
Well, there's two big things in my view that disrupt sleep the most. And one of them is alcohol and the other one is artificial blue light from electronics and bedroom lights and kitchen lights. So I'll talk to both points. I'll talk on alcohol first. Um, you are better off having a drink for breakfast <laughs> than, you, than you are any time close to bedtime or at nighttime for dinner. Because at least if you have a glass of wine or a bottle of wine over your cornflakes or your cereal or your muffin or whatever you have for breakfast each morning, your body's your body will have 12 hours, 16 hours or whatever it is to get the toxins, most of the toxins out of the system. Because as soon as you drink attractively packaged poison, i.e. alcohol, your liver goes to work mm-hmm. to flush it out. The toxins are in the body and the body is now working to get it out. And when your body is working, it's not relaxing. Mm -hmm. And when you're not relaxing, you're not sleeping the way that nature intended you to sleep. So while it is true that drinking some alcohol at night may indeed make you sleepy, and it may also indeed, quite frankly, help you to fall asleep the quality of your sleep is going to be severely compromised, mm-hmm. severely compromised. I mean, I don't sure if you were not sure if you wear an aura ring, but I have so many clients who wear an aura ring yeah. and to track their sleep and they track it when they have a glass of wine or beer or whatever their drink is. And they track it some nights when they don't. And the, the change in sleep quality is profound. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, People are still going to be people and do what they're going to do, including, you know, your listeners will listen to this and like, oh, geez, I shouldn't really drink. But some people are still going to do it. Now, if you are going to do it, I'm just going to expect that you are going to do it anyway. Um, try to avoid doing it within three hours of sleep if you possibly can. In fact, try to, st- try, to- try to stop eating anything within three hours of sleep. Try to stop drinking anything within three hours of sleep. Um, because at least if you stopped eating, that'll give your body some time to digest the food. So when you finally do fall asleep, your body can go into that deep restorative phase of of sleep, as opposed to working to digest the food. And with alcohol, look, honestly, zero alcohol is going to help you sleep better. Any amount of alcohol is going to compromise your sleep. No question. Um, the second point there on the blue light. It's people mistakenly think that the only blue light that's damaging is the blue light from their cell phone or from their TV screen or from their device. Not true. Think about all of the lights that are on in your home. Mm-hmm. I mentioned some of them before. Bathroom light, kitchen light, microwave light, refrigerator light, bedroom light, speedometer light in the car, the golden arches of McDonald's as you drive along the freeway, the traffic light, the street light, the alarm clock light. Oh my God, the alarm clock light not drives me nuts. <laughs> drives me nuts, especially when you go to any hotel room. Bells. It's and I terrible. Black electrical tape. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, the cleaning staff must have thought I was absolutely insane because they'd walk in there and there'd be little bits of, it's amazing the number of lights. The air conditioning light. Yes. You know, you got the air conditioning light. I mean, it's insanity. And the study just came out only three weeks ago, actually, that show that any amount of light hitting your skin or that you're exposed to during the night compromises your sleep. So the other thing I know is that it doesn't matter how many times I will say, hey, don't use your electronics an hour before sleep. People are still going to use their electronics before sleep. It doesn't matter how many times I I can say wear a pair of blue light blocking glasses and don't remove them until you're ready to roll over to sleep. People will wear the blue light blocking glasses, scroll on their phone, think that they're doing the right thing. But then in the last five minutes before bed, they'll take their glasses off, go to the bathroom and brush their teeth. Guess what? Brushing your teeth is exposing your eyes to the electronic light from the bathroom light, which is compromising your sleep. So the correct way I'm going to demonstrate now, you and I are on a video Zoom call, but um, the, the correct way is to put on a pair of your orange lens, blue light blocking glasses. I'm wearing, there we go, Nat, you look great in yours. Yep. That's what brand is that that you're wearing? Swannies, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You put on these 
um, scientifically proven blue light blocking glasses about an hour, hour and a half before you want to sleep and you keep them on no matter what, including when you brush your teeth and then turn off the light and then remove the glasses and roll over and go to sleep. That is the gold standard of how you can block as much artificial light at night, uh, which will, I promise you, you will see a noticeable difference in your sleep quality and possibly duration if you do that. Yeah, I would say I would add as a woman, one of the problems with this whole thing is when I need to wash my face and get my makeup off before bed. So I've done all kinds of things. I've had my glasses on and I'm trying to wash my face with my eyes closed. So what I've actually, I finally did is I'll have a lamp with a red bulb in the bathroom. I mean, I don't understand why night lights have to be like interrogation grade lights, like night lights in my mind. And especially like for people who have babies, little children, that kind of thing, night lights should be at the very least pink, if not red. And because people will, they'll take off their glasses at some point, or they'll need to have them off because they're, I don't know, like I said, taking off your eye makeup or like just it's stupid little details. Right. But at the end of the day, to your point, it doesn't take much of that light. And, and what I also find is when you get used to wearing your blue blockers at night, you will find that the light is incredibly harsh when you don't have them. Like when you get used to watching TV, if you're watching TV or bed and you get used to watching TV with blue blockers on, A, unfortunately, fortunately, you will fall asleep at some point during the show if you've pushed the envelope too hard, which is what exactly what's supposed to happen. <laughs> or B, if you try and take those glasses off, it is blinding. Like mm-hmm. you realize how unnatural that light is to your eyes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I can't watch. I, I, at nighttime in the last, let's say, 90 minutes before I go to sleep, I cannot stare at a screen without wearing my Swanee's glasses. I cannot. Yeah. And, I, and I have to put my hand in the air and say I am as guilty as the next person of taking my phone into my bed, even though I know it's not good practice. But when I do, I do so while wearing a pair of the, of the, the blue light blocking glasses because I know that watching a little bit of Netflix or scrolling um, through my phone none of that light is penetrating the orange lens. It's not stimulating my pituitary and pineal gland. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, my eyes are protected. And then when I finally do put my phone aside and turn off the light and remove the glasses, I fall asleep just fine. And I sleep the way that nature intended me to sleep. Yeah. So also just on that point in like night lights, if you get up to use the bathroom and you need some kind of light, um, I would actually suggest a, um, an anti blue light night light. We actually do have those. Swanick is, um, produces those anti blue light LED bulbs as some anti, um, uh, anti blue light lights as well. You know, those little ones which you sort of plug into the, you plug into the wall on the, on the ground and it just it creates this very, very soft light, which has got zero blue light in it. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, I'll show you the, I'll show you the link here. I was going to share my screen just to show it with you, but I, because uh, you're the boss, I can't do so. I can do that. Hang on. I am the boss. I can change that. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, cool. Let me just, uh, here we go. So, yeah, we've got these um, anti blue light lights, which you just put in. There you go. You can see oh, that there. It's put it down on the floor. It can light the way to your bathroom at night. So you're not stumbling in the dark and there's no blue light in it that will mess with your, with your sleep. And it's so down. I'm going in, (laughs) I'm going shopping. I think those are great. I've been looking because it's really hard to find little red bulbs, like really hard. I have a salt lamp. I've been looking for a little bitty red bulb for that salt lamp for two years and I haven't found one. So I'm like, I thought of painting my bulbs, but I'm pretty sure that won't work out so well. So it's the little details that people don't think about because they just don't think there's a there's a solution. And if you've got a ba- if you've got children as well, these are real children's room because get very irritated by artificial light at night. People think they've got personality challenges or ADHD or something. A lot of times it's because they're just irritated by all the the light, the harsh light, you know. So if you put some of those anti-blue night light bulbs in their room, um, 
Microsoft, a lot of a lot of our customers have have commented that their children's personality seems to be that they feel they act and behave a lot calmer. So disruptive kids, for example, and they're irritable, especially at night. And your hypothesis hypothesis is they're overtired. Yes, that might be true, but probably they're overstimulated is probably a more accurate way of saying that they're overstimulated by the exposure to all of that nasty light. Well, and also if they're sleeping with the light, with a light on, to your point, if we have photoreceptors on our skin and it disrupts their sleep, you're talking about little kids who are chronically sleep deprived. And I can't think of a better way to have a child who's just freaking out all the time, who just can't hold it together. I mean, as adults, we can't when we're sleep deprived. So why would children be any different? Right. Uh, and do you actually, do you make sprays for, for little kids also? Do you make them in smaller sizes for children? We do. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of our, our um, best uh, parents, mostly mothers and fathers tend to leave it to the mother or the, the wife to get them. But um, mothers in particular, I've noticed are very conscious about their children's health and about, um, you know, protecting their eyes. So yeah, we have, we have glasses for kids and um, yeah, it's, we, we try to make them fun. So the kids have fun wearing them as well. So we've got some blue ones and some pink one, ones for boys and girls. And also for parents or just for adults, quite frankly, who wear prescription, we also do readers and we can um, actually do fit overs. So fit overs will go over the top or existing pair of prescription, or if, if you want a custom you can get them made um, through our website. Which is just so much more attractive than this, which I've to do. I just stack my glasses on top of each other. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that, that's great. A lot of people do that. I mean, we do have a pair of glasses that are called fitovers, and they're slightly bigger, and they literally fit very snug over the top of your existing prescription glasses. And so, um, you know, look, people sometimes, worry about how they look but, but when you're wearing these glasses you, you you're you're at home right it's an hour before you go to sleep it's not like you're needing to wear a big unlikely pair of fit over glasses out to dinner you can and i do i mean part of the whole reason we created this business was to create a stylish pair of glasses that could um that would motivate or inspire enough people to want to wear them consistently as opposed to wearing you know, ugly UVX glasses that kind of make, make us look like meth chemists. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, but, you know, for some people that's the solution. I mean, these definitely make it easier, make it easier to wear them more often, for sure. So sleep architecture, alcohol, light, and natural light during the day. Do you talk much about that? I mean, the one time I will wear blue blockers during the day, it would be the ones that you were just wearing when we started the call, which were more... Yeah. Lighter yellow. Yeah, I can't keep these on. I'm going to fall asleep. A yellow lens. <laughs> if I'm at a conference, actually, which ironically, all these health conferences are in these centers with the most horrifying light. Mm. You end up like you end up with a massive headache within a day or so, right? But but to some degree, I mean, some of the discussions I've had with a couple of people, and one was with um, a woman who works with a lighting company where they produce different types of bulbs, and she was talking about how you know, not demonizing blue light in general, because natural blue light during the day from the sun actually serves, you know, your body is, your brain is primed to respond to different spec, different light bands different times a day. And it's, it's important information, but to have the right blue, the right light at the right time is really what's key. Well, look, here's the thing. We actually, we, we want to be exposed to blue light, mm -hmm. but during the daytime, not during the nighttime. Correct. You, do you know what the biggest emitter of blue light is? It's the sun. Yeah. The sun. The sun. The sun is the biggest source of blue light, and it's and it's beautiful for us. In fact, first thing in the morning, we want the sunlight to hit our skin because our skin has receptors in it, and when the sunlight hits the skin, it starts our circadian rhythm. The body starts to produce some cortisol. We have the daytime hormones start to flood 
flood throughout our day. They've done studies that show that if you, if you just lose yourself to morning light by opening your eyes and going outside, not wearing a pair of sunglasses, mm. not wearing a pair of blue light blocking glasses at that time, but just going outside, your body is like, oh, okay, great. Daytime, got it. Health, vitality. Now I'm going to set the clock to help you fall asleep in 16 hours time from now. Thank you for letting me know that it was daytime. Got it. That's kind of what you, that's the story that your circadian rhythm is is going. So we want lots of exposure to natural blue light from the sun throughout the day. And then we want um, to block as much artificial blue light at nighttime. So our body can prepare for sleep and start to relax to speak to where you were asking about the difference between a clear lensed pair of blue light blocking glasses and an orange lens blue light blocking glasses. Um, at nighttime, you simply must wear an orange lens blue light blocking glass box up to 530 nanometers, which is a fancy way of saying you just need an orange lens to block enough of the blue light that messes with your melatonin production. And during the daytime, you can wear um, a clearer lens which filters the blue light. It doesn't block all of it, but it filters the blue light so you can continue to stay alert when you're on a computer screen or on your phone. Um, it reduces uh, feeling fogginess or irritability. It actually keeps you nice and clear-headed if you are filtering that blue light from, from electronics during the, during the day. I hope I explained that okay. It's a, in a nutshell, if you're going to wear blue light blocking glasses, you want to wear a clear lens during the day if you're staring at computer screens all day. Yeah. And at nighttime, you want to switch to an orange lens, which will block enough of that blue light that messes with your sleep. Yeah, and I think what's important to highlight to people is, is about artificial blue light. The natural blue light that you get from the sun at whatever time it's emitting it is what you want. And, you know, I yeah, don't block that. Don't be blocking that light. I would be embracing that light. Exactly. I mean, I always joke that I've saved probably thousands of dollars in the last five years, but that I've stopped wearing sunglasses. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like all the sunglasses I haven't bought and lost. Um, I've literally stopped wearing sunglasses in over the years just because I want that. I want that light during the day. I mean, maybe you have an air in the car if you happen to be driving into the sunset and you just need something. To, to help you function at that, you know, that specific moment in time when the sun is at that height. But for the most part, mm -hmm. sunglasses are, it's a fabrication industry or something, just helping people to look cool with their drink and their cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's lots of science to say we should be exposing ourselves to lots of light, you know, yeah. um, during the daytime. I mean, natural light and stop blocking so much light with, with, with sunglasses. Yeah. Okay. All right, sir. Well, this has been, this has been really interesting. I mean, I, it's funny, you know, I, I probably should have known we were going to talk about the, um, the 90 day project. I wasn't fully expecting that coming in. So I was really, I'm really grateful for that conversation because I think it's a really, it's an important conversation to have. And it's, um, it's, it's the last thing they think about, right? I mean, even, even when, you when you hear or you read newspaper articles or magazine articles that talk about well you know wine is good for like red wine is good for your cholesterol or it has health benefits and i and i just shake my head at that stuff because i'm like really like do you think that people like do people have a wine deficiency ever like it's almost like the you know everybody's kind of getting in on the action of well how can we justify this and make it sound better <laughs> make it sound like it's right and you could probably get all the things from, from, from wine that you need without the alcohol and you would have just as many health benefits. Yeah, all of those studies that suggested that drinking wine helps your heart health in the 80s and 90s have been debunked so many times. It doesn't matter how many times you debunk it with new updated studies and research, people will still come back to that. The World Health Organization um, which has come under some scrutiny, can, admittedly, but but says there's zero nutritional benefit to alcohol. There is not any amount of alcohol that has any benefit at all to human beings. It just isn't. It's just it's just toxins. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, can you enjoy it? Is one you know is a drink here or there going to kill you? No. Mm -hmm. uh, if you drink on occasion, are you going to be just fine? Yes, you'll just be you'll be just fine. But I think 
people are tricking themselves or conning themselves or kidding themselves into thinking that one or two glasses of one or two drinks a night is no problem. Yeah. Well, I would, I would just invite you to explore that because the, the certainly the studies and the research now is showing that there are tremendous health problems resulting in consistent alcohol use. And you don't need to be an alcoholic in order for that, you know, pro, those problems to show their, their ugly head. Yeah. Gotcha. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Any parting words for our audience? I think we're coming up on time here. So. Well, I was just going to say, look, I'm not, I don't want to sit here on my high horse and be all preachy and judgy. That's not my intention. I don't judge anyone who, who, makes their own choices in their life. What I can say from my own experience is that I've had a life with alcohol and I've had a life without and without is way better in so many ways, health, wealth, love, and happiness. And so if you are feeling challenged and you find, and you, and willpower and motivation alone hasn't worked, then I would invite you to listen to my podcast. It's the alcohol style podcast. You can find it in Apple podcasts and on Spotify or you can go to alcoholfreelifestyle.com or you can follow me on Instagram, which is just at James Swanick. Um, and I've got a YouTube channel called Alcohol Free Lifestyle as well. We've got some, some motivational videos there. Um, you know, take a little baby step. Doesn't have to, you don't have to quit forever, but just commit to quitting with some, some help and support. It's not AA. It's not rehab. You don't have to do that. Nobody wants to do that, quite frankly, or most people don't. It's fun it's an empa- and it's empowering the way that I like to do it because I just fun. Otherwise, what's the point? Life is dull if we're not having fun, right? And then as it relates to sleep, uh, you know, if you're not focused on your just do what you can to improve your sleep. And, uh, you know, if our products can help, great. They're at swanicksleep.com. And if, but even if you don't, like just, you know, invest in something that will help you sleep where it might be a mattress or pillow or um, just good habits, quite frankly, because shoes and, and a bed, if you're not in one, then you're in the other. So really it's really, you know, we spend a lot of time in our bed sleeping. We might as well make it optimal. I love it. Thank you so much. That was great. Thank you. Thanks for the conversation and thanks for all the tips. And uh, that's all we got for today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.